When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys, something wrong right. with you guys. <laughs> All right, so uh, we, we got the whole crew together again. We're back, well, most of the crew together again. We're back live. <laughs> um, last week we had a different show. I don't, I don't know what this show, this week's show is going to look like, but uh, we're going to get right to it on the other side of the intro. <laughs> Those uh, BMX biker gloves up again. Uh, <laughs> BMX biker, another copper compression. Yeah, brother. That uh, I feel like he's about to pop an ollie or something. No, so so when I when I when I signed into the room, there was already somebody who had posted. It's seven thirty three. Michael Head said hello, and then later right. on he said he's going to play MLB ninety eight for PS one on the PS three. I don't know how you do that, Michael, but good luck to you. Good luck, man. All right. <laughs> Good luck to you, but if you guys have comments, put them, put them up. We'll talk about it. But uh, Chelsea, I wanted to ask you, what game are you looking forward to most? I know the answer to that, but tell me what game you're looking forward to most this coming Friday. Um, well, this Friday, I'm looking forward to going to Gibbons versus Rollsville up there at Gibbons, you know, just 15 minutes from me. Yeah, how big a deal is that for – I mean, it, I know it has happened before, but for two-way county teams to meet in the, in the finals, I mean, the regional finals, how big a deal is that? I mean, I think everyone in Raleigh is just excited. You know, it's players that we know. It's kids that we know. You know, it's not my school or Cap 7, but, oh, Gibbons is Cap 7. Forget about <laughs> that because they're private. But, you know, just seeing, like, a team that we've played before, you know, it's all friendly competition to see, you know, people in our area succeed and go to that level. It's exciting. Absolutely. Um, and, Alex, before we break it all down, I want to know from you, from each class, who you have going to the finals? <laughs> All right, let's begin right here. I'll just go 4A. We're going to see Chambers and Cardinal Gibbons. We're going to see a rematch of the week one game, which was long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I do think we're going to see a rematch of Chambers and Cardinal Gibbons and what will be an absolute classic. It was so long you left. The game resumed at... I think it was 11.45. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like a four-hour delay or something crazy. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Yes. All right. At the 3A classification, I'm going to go with experience in both ways here and say Dudley out of Greensboro, J.H. Rose out of Greenville. Okay. Always, always a good game, particularly with those tradition-rich programs, and that's certainly – Nothing against South Point and Jacksonville. South Point is certainly a state championship program itself. Sure. Uh, Jacksonville's played in the state final before. But uh, Dudley and Stephen Davis, just right place at the right time. Uh, J.H. Rose, never, ever, ever will I bet against the one and only Marvin Jarman, one of the greatest <laughs> Rose High graduates of all time. I think in the last 
40 plus years since he graduated from Rose. He's missed like one Rose football game, two Rose basketball games, and three Rose baseball games. Wow. So you know what Marvin's going to be there. I'm not betting against Marvin. So Dudley and Rose. All right. All right. Uh, in, in the two in the 2A classification, we're going to go with the uh, story tradition rich programs of Shelby and Wallace Rose Hill. Again, that's not a slight to East Surrey. That's not a slight to Princeton. Shelby got the job done when it needed to get it done last week. This week is going to be more of a formality. Uh, Wallace Rose Hill, once again, Princeton, a uh, very, very solid program out of uh, the uh, Johnston County, Wayne County area, um, right in that uh, locale. But just too much tradition here. Wallace Rose Hill gets the job done. Yeah, Princeton star running back hasn't played the last couple of games. I don't know if he'll play this week, but that's going to be a big factor in that game if he plays with mm -hmm. play. And then lastly, in the 1A classification, I'll say this very briefly. Let's just go ahead and commend the tremendous seasons that we've seen at Pender and Mitchell counties because it's not happening. Okay. Robinsville <laughs> and Tarboro in the state final. And, and, and that's just tradition all the way through. And – and the beat goes on. Well, you heard it there. That's Alex Bass Hill State Hoops on Twitter. When you want to uh, get at him for his picks, uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, Sam, what do you think about his picks? Did he get it? Did he get them right? He got almost all of them right, except one maybe. What's the one he didn't get right? <laughs> I'm not saying it right nah, now. Here we go. You put right. me on the spot, I'll tell you everything I think. All right, Grace. <laughs> what do you think about the state championship locations and the dates? Here we go. I mean, locations suck. I'm mean, going to tell you that all, all the time. I love our respective schools. I mean, shout out to the ACC Atlantic uh, champion Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who will be playing in Charlotte uh, this weekend. Outside of that, um, Charlotte, I think, is in the in the western part of the state, has proven their dominance over the past few years. I think without question that we've done enough in the past few years to at least deserve a title game somewhere that's close to uh, the area that seems to be bringing home the titles. Um, and I do think it's starting to become a bit of a competitive disadvantage mm. for Charlotte teams to have to travel mm. up uh, to Raleigh. So mm. I don't I don't like it, um, especially the biggest piece of that being, you know, the the uh, press conference, which you have a head coach that has to leave his team to travel up to Raleigh for a press conference on a crucial day of preparation before playing in a state title game. That's something, again, taking a head coach away from their team or usually have an opponent who has a quick 30 minute drive and is able to be able to get to back to his team in a timely fashion. All right, so Alex wanted, and I have had this discussion many, many times. I want to get his thoughts, but Chris and Dale, what are your thoughts about what Grice just said and about the, the state championship venues overall? Chris, you go first. Go ahead, Dale. Yeah. I'll go first. It don't matter. Yeah. Go ahead. Go first. Um, I didn't really hear the question, to be honest. My computer was... Oh, Say that again. Grice was talking about how he thinks there's a competitive disadvantage with Charlotte teams having to go to Raleigh for state championship games when Roseville and Gibbons are going to be playing basically in their backyard. And, I, 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 that. and just yeah, about I'm sorry, my, my computer cut out on me. Uh, I don't know that I'd say there's a disadvantage. Um, I just, I, ne I definitely don't think that the, the sites are the best sites. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do think they think that there's a lot to be desired, uh, especially playing at Chapel Hill. I, I, I like the venue at Raleigh. I, I agree that it is more East and it is West. 
Uh, I, I still wish we could find some, some sort of a happy medium like in North Carolina A&T, but I don't really think that it's a disadvantage for the West. I agree with what Grace says about the uh, press conferences, especially in the day and age with Zoom and stuff like that. Uh, I feel like we could knock it out online. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I, I'm not going to um, to really say that that's a big deal either way. Yeah. I think the biggest disadvantage would be the uh, press conference. Um as far as playing, yeah, I don't think there's a huge disadvantage for the teams, but I do believe it might be a disadvantage for fans uh, to always have to travel up and thus not be able to have the fan support. I fully believe that we should have games here at Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte's as central as, as Raleigh is to the state. And we've got teams, we, we always have teams from, from this area uh, this part of the the state in the state. I agree. I agree with those guys. Seriously, I want to touch on that subject just for a second. Like, and, you know, I like what Grace said. You played at Western Salem. You didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. The um the whole deal with like why don't we open it up? Like it's the same time. It's the same places every year. Every year, those stadiums are so big, it's diluted for the fans, anyways. Like, why yeah. don't we go to an A and T, a Charlotte, um, Memorial Stadium, different places, or just visit all the colleges that have a decent stadium and just have it randomized? We don't have to have three or four games in one spot, you know, or two right. games in one spot, we can just have one game here, one game there, and it's just all random. And it'd be kind of cool. Like, all right, the three A's playing at A&T, you know, the, you know, that'd be kind of cool, but I don't know how they would work that out logistically with, you know, the whole right. deal. I keep, I keep messing up with my Mr. Football chart, but Alex, 30 seconds, just your thought, 30 seconds. Your thought. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this conversation about home field advantage teams having a home game where these games are played. Should we play here? Should we play there? Should we play everywhere? Heck, why don't we just go out in some cow pasture somewhere, line the field, and let's just line up and play. Because like do We're doing it. Like, we're winning the game. Like, like, like we're like, still winning the games, baby. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, like I said earlier this week, you got a lot of people. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I hear who profess to be so great at what they do, uh-huh. and a lot of people are. Well, let's prepare these kids to play wherever, whenever, and let's go out and get the job done. I'm sick and tired of hearing about home field advantage and all this nonsense. Either you can get it done on game day or you can't. I don't want to hear about people sleeping in their own beds as opposed to hotel rooms. I don't want to hear about noise in stadiums. I don't, I, I don't want to hear about you have more fans than I do. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. Line up between the lines, get the job done. And if we are best to be so great, really are that great, you can pipe music into the stadium at school during the week to simulate what's going on. Then just play it in Charlotte. You have coaches staring down in terms of what's going on and focus on the game, line up and get the job done.
Okay, that's, 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 that's fair. That's fair. But it's easy yeah. to say when you're in Raleigh and every game is in Raleigh. Y'all aren't winning the games. Nothing, you're not winning the games. You're losing it, the games. It has yeah. nothing. It has nothing to do with it. Just tell David Tepper to get on board. Pay the yeah. shark. Pay the shark. I mean. <laughs> underwrite the stuff. Hey, you want championship games? Underwrite the whole deal. Get the job done. It's well, not I, like you can't I, be done. Let's go. I like to see that. Okay, Mr. Football, we got. Uh, we're going to break the list down to three. Grice and Chris have to do their homework and get it down to three. We're going to have a special announcement show. I'm not sure which day it is. I'll put it out on social media. But a special announcement show. We break it down to three finalists, but there's going to be three of these guys on the screen. Um, Sam, just looking at these eight. Uh, did we get the right eight? Yeah, you got the right eight. That's exactly the eight. It should be wow. up there. Thanks, Grant. That's a compliment. Yep, they did really good. Really good. I thought you were going to go somewhere. I thought Grant was going to rip us up on a new no, one. No, wow. definitely I feel, I, I, wow, I'm flattered. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm serious. Well it was really good. I can go ahead and tell you the no, 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 but no, I ain't gonna do that. We're not going there, but uh, Grace. How, how how difficult has this been? I mean, it's been extremely difficult. I mean, I think to narrow down the excellent players um, to even just to eight. I mean, bump, you know, where we were before, I think it's, you know, it's something that is a, a tough task. I think the other piece is that having guys that aren't on the list that are, you know, making great performances that are getting their way on. You look at a Kanye Roberts. You look at a Gosnell from Hendersonville. You look at Byron Brown, who earlier in the year, we're all talking about, man, Maybe that was a flash in the pan from the spring. I mean, you know, so many factors into play. We get some new guys in here. You yeah. talk about, you know, Fortune and, and Millbrook. I mean, a guy that we look forward to seeing for two or three more years or two more years. Um, you know, and, and it's just very exciting to see, one, some of the new blood that's in here, some yeah. of these smaller school guys that are playing so well, and then some of those big-time school guys that we all know that still, regardless of what we expect of them, continue to make, meet that bar every single week. So I'm excited. It's been fun, and I can't wait to get it down to three. Yeah, and also we have the super team coming up, guys. Uh, we sent out nominations this week to to coaches. Mm -hmm. So coaches, you know, check the inboxes. Um you should have your nominations, and, and uh, Chris and myself and Grice and some of the guys are going to try to pick another super team. I think we did okay in the spring. What do you guys think? Can we can we do it again? Yeah. I know yeah. Grice is telling me we got to have more than one team. Though. I, you know, I think more than one team might be okay, but let me also jump in here on that Mr. Football. Yeah, I do think we ultimately got it right, uh, but I've got to throw out there. There are some other guys who are right there on that cusp who I think still deserve some recognition recognition with this Mr. Football. You know, you got Cutler Adams up there at Robbinsville. You got yep. Ty Turberfield at, at Mitchell. Uh, Folger Boaz and Dalen Lee at Shelby are probably neck and neck two of the most statistically best quarterbacks in the state behind Byron yeah. Brown. Uh, and, and, and Grice mentioned Kanye Roberts. Uh, he, even um, uh, our, our running back down there at, at South Point, uh, Tyson Riley, Tyson Riley, yep. he, he's got a boatload of yards and touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, there's still some guys that could jump in there this week with some big-time games, uh, but still looking at the competition and stuff across the state, I, th I think we got the right names. Well, well, it's not over yet, fellas. Better have a good game on Friday night. Langston, hey, I'll, I'll say, hey, we talk super team. Anybody that contacts me, and I'm sure Guru will say the, Guru will say the same thing, parent, kid, whoever, we're going to ask, did your coach fill out the nomination? That is the first question I know I'm going to respond with. Coaches, get that in there. We want to make sure we guys are represented. It. 
I sent it out. I, there it is, fellas. I sent it out. You see, there's it's more responses than that. that those, I had 43 responses in about 10 minutes. That's when I screenshotted that. Players, out, make sure you're getting on your coaches first to send those in. Yeah, send in your nominations. I, in fact, I got a couple uh, DMs today from parents, but, you know, it's key to coaches sending the nominations because we don't want to leave anybody out. But in some areas, you know, we might not know about a kid, and we want to, you know, make sure we, we cover all of that, that room. And players, most importantly, be sure that you ball. Because if you ball, <laughs> you will get the call. Well, speaking hey. of that, Alex, that's, that's a nice segue because we got to see who balled and got the call this week. Who were the best players in North Carolina this past Friday at the Grizzlies Gyms? All right, Coach Christ. I don't know about you, but my phone has been ringing all weekend. Twitter messages, I've been getting them little red dots on there with all these different messages coming in. Uh, guys let me know that they balled out here in the fourth round of the playoffs. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, it, it's put up or shut up time here in North Carolina. Without question. I mean, you're going to see some familiar names, maybe last names. You don't know the first name, but there are guys here that you know about and have heard about because in these big moments, I'm leaning on my guy, Guru. I'm not going out without my guy getting the opportunity. And if you give some of these kids the opportunities that they deserve or the opportunities that they get finally in a big-time game that they haven't had much of, they're going to have big numbers. We're about to see that here. So let's get into it. Absolutely. Let's take a look at this week's uh... – Grice's Gems here on Talk of Preps NC. Uh, you're going to see a few guys that are making a return uh, list to the Grice's Gym uh, list, as well as some guys that have been on our Mr. Football watch list throughout the season as well. Uh, so there you see it. What a crop of who's who names here in the state of North Carolina for this week. Uh, but let's talk about them. Let's talk about this week's guys who did the top performances uh, across the state of North Carolina during the fourth round of the playoffs. Uh, we're going to go up to East Surrey, who is now going to be making their fourth consecutive trip to the East to the Western uh, Regional Finals. Uh, Coach Trent Lohman, that team has done a phenomenal job, had to come back. I was looking at the scores all night. We were standing yeah. on that sideline over there at Huff, and I seen how far down that East Surrey was uh, in that game to Maiden. Uh, but quarterback Folger Boaz rallied the team uh, just got him, put that team on his back and got them over that hump against Maiden. Uh, went for um, 17 of 24 passes, 210 yards, one touchdown, ran for 105 more in that big 36-35 victory over Maiden. What can you tell me about that? Oh, I mean, the last name, yes, you've heard that last name. This is the younger brother of Jefferson Boaz, quarterback that's uh, won a state title up at East Surrey. Younger brother trying to do the same, whether it's 1A or 2A. He balled. I mean, you talk 17 of 24, that high percentage passing. Also, you mentioned the 105 yards. That was 25 carries, Guru. I mean, it was very clear, 49 plays, he was going to have the ball end up in his hand and either it was going to somebody else or he was going to be a defender that was going to have to make that tackle. I mean, it's a big win over a good team that we've highlighted in the past. I, I just am excited and definitely, you know, it's great to see what he's done. Great quarterback. We know East Surrey's had a long line of them, and I'm not surprised that he was as successful as he was. Yeah, absolutely. East Surrey, again, making their fourth straight trip uh, to the Western Regional Finals. You know, they won a state championship. They, they played a couple more. Uh, what a program the coach Trent Lohman uh, has built up there at East Surrey. You know, some of the guys here in the, the Charlotte region will remember him for being over at Bandy's, son of a legendary coach. But, wow, what a big-time uh, year for the Cardinals uh, and Folger Boaz being that quarterback. He's getting all the attention in the world. Uh, but, hey, let's talk about another team, uh, the two-time uh, defending state champions, uh, Chambers. Uh, you got Anshon Camp, the junior quarterback, who played a very solid game, uh, went 12 of 18, uh, 240 yards and a pair of touchdowns 
over a very solid Weddington team. Uh, what can we? Uh, what do we see about this game? Oh, they call him Bubba now. Hey, Bubba Camp had a great game. I mean, I think he's been one of the more unsung stars of this team. I mean, you know, when you have such a you know a program like Chambers, you have you know a lot of times guys don't get the leeway to allow themselves to grow up. He did that in this game, and I think this was one of his finest performances and allowed him to show to say, hey, we've got some others. You know about Casey. You've got all of these athletes, but coming into the biggest game of his career, I'm going to show you exactly why I deserve to be here. I'm proud of this kid. I've seen him you know, in his journey as he continued to grow. Happy to highlight him and make him a crisis gym this week as he balled. And at a time where he's peaking, they need their best from him in order to reach the state finals to go back to back to back. All right. Hey, this next guy, we're going to go over here uh, to Shelby, North Carolina. Obviously, everybody knows about the Golden Line tradition there at Shelby. Oh, well, this game pitted the two most prestigious teams in terms of winning state championships in the state together. Uh, Reedsville made that trip down to Shelby. Uh, Shelby helped in the 32-game winning streak by Reedsville, and all of that was done primarily uh, from the defensive performance of Malachi Hamrick. He has been on our Mr. Football Watch list from the beginning of the year, and this game right here, he showed why. Uh, he led that defense to sacked quarterback Al Lee eight times, uh, limiting him to 131 yards passing. Uh, he had 39 touchdowns on the year. Uh, Hamrick had 14 tackles, five sauce, five tackles for a loss and four sacks. That is a big-time defensive performance in the biggest of game for them thus far this year. Oh, I mean, the talking back and forth this week between Shelby and Reedsville and who's got more and all of that was was settled on the field Friday. And I mean, Malachi Hamrick led a great you know defensive unit over there at Shelby and exactly showed the reason why we had him on the watch list for pretty much most of the year and why he continues to be a force and one of the best defensive players in the state. I mean, 14 tackles in such a big game as you knew. This is a game where stars were going to reign here. We knew if, if the plays were going to be made, if big stops were going to be had, it was going to have to be by the greats in this game. And Shelby and Malachi Hamrick, he's one of those 14 tackles, five of those for a loss. That is a dominant performance along with four sacks. Great Absolutely. Game. I love those black lines on the field over there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At George Blanton Memorial Stadium and, and also Malachi early, early in the year, I think right before the season, uh, announced his intentions. He's going to go play for Mac Brown at the Tar Heels next year. So that's a big acquisition of that Carolina defense. They certainly need him right now. Uh, so I can't wait to see him uh, put on his uh, put on a show up there at the collegiate level as well. Hey, let's stay in this same region right here, the Big South region. Uh, you got Elijah Pfeiffer at South Point had a five yard scoring run to beat Crest 34 27 in overtime. Um, and going to get South Point to their first regional championship game since 2016. Uh, Pfeiffer was a quarterback at quarterback, was four for six passing, 86 yards, ran 21 times for 90 yards and uh, two touchdowns. I hate that we don't have any film on this guy. Uh, but again, we know what it's like at that Crest South Point rivalry. That's a big time win uh, for Pfeiffer and that team. 
Oh, we knew the rematch was going to be just as good as the first game. And I mean, the first game pitted the battle of Mari Adams and uh, AJ Riley here. While we didn't have AJ Riley here highlighted, Elijah Pfeiffer was the difference in this game. Clearly, with the touchdown, you know, we highlight the passing. Of course, we know it's South Point. I mean, I've, I've seen South Point for years. The passing numbers ain't what's important. 21 times, 90 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner. To win that game against such a storied program as Crest, he deserves all the praise, and that's why he's a Grice's gym. Great win for South Point, and they move on to face a mammoth opponent in Dudley next week. All right, well, congratulations to you, Elijah Pfeiffer. Sorry, again, we don't have any film, uh, but you are at Grice's Gym this week. Uh, let's go over to Greensboro, the Dudley High School. They had that big 20-6 to victory over Statesville. Uh, Jameer Slade uh, was 8 for 14 passing. And, by the way, I'm glad that we're highlighting an offensive guy for Dudley because we know how dominant that defense is. Uh, but 8 for 14 passing, 137 yards, threw for two scores, and ran for 153 yards and a score. We know how tough that Statesville defense has been all year. That is a big-time performance. Statesville had beaten three playoff opponents by a combined 133 to three points. Uh, let's talk about Jameer Slade. Yeah, and, you know, high school teammate of mine, O.C. Antonio Hall, talked about and raved about this kid all year, you know, as I talked to him throughout the year. Talked about this guy's you know elusiveness and just how he's dynamic. He can throw on the run as we saw. He can elude you know the, the most athletic of defenders and still make plays, whether it be with his arm or his feet. So I'm excited to see you know him make plays in such a big time game. They're going to need every yard and every point and every throw next week against South Point. But this offense continues rolling as it's one of the most prolific in the state. He's a, a major reason why. And again, Statesville has a good defense, and we see they you know aren't putting up the 40 and 50 they did earlier this year. So respect to them but big time players are still going to make those tight plays as we can see here with the feet you better get them down early because if he gets going it's going to be to the house wow i like that big time player um big time game uh, they got another one coming up uh but there you see it folks boaz bubba camp malachi hamrick elijah pfeiffer jameer slade that is some big time performances across the state here in this fourth round of the playoffs can't wait to talk about next week's guys uh they ball out next week how can they get up with us Yep, uh, you reach me at, at Coach Jay Grice uh, at Observer Preps at Langston Words Jr. at Guru Chris Hughes. Hit us all up, hit everybody up. Hey, hit the Charlotte Observer up if you played that well. The biggest thing is reach out to us and let us know how you balled. Have your film prepared. We want to highlight you. We don't just want to talk about you. We want to show the people out there why you are Grice's gym and some of the great things you did. Luckily now, not a lot of teams are playing, so we see it, but we want that film on here because you guys are some big-time players, and these are big-time games. So show us, and as we always say, if you ball, you're going to get the call. And and by the way, this isn't for Charlotte Region, for Raleigh Region. What's your what's your saying? You like to say, from there to Cherokee, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you make a play, we're going to highlight you here on Talking Preps. See you soon. That's what it is. There to Cherokee, Alex. I got somebody you might be familiar with. Uh oh. Yes, sir. Welcome, welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Newman. A privilege to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, we got Jacob Newman from South Mech. Uh, led them to the uh, what, second round of playoffs, the conference, co-conference champion. Uh, Going to put up some stats for you. 1,816 yards rushing, 2,098 total yards, and 15 total touchdowns. What, 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 how did it work out for you leaving Mars Park going to South Mech? Um, I feel like it was a really good move for me. And just the school-wise, just academic-wise, I mean, everything was great. I mean, I had a great year over there. I made some relationships that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. So, you know, I feel like it was a really good move for me and my family. 
Dale, what'd you see in this young man? I know you saw him a lot. Oh yeah, I I, I love watching this kid play. I I love his um, uh, tenacity on the field. His uh, his drive to uh, get as much as he can. His vision. Uh, he's a great he's a great running back. I think I think he's going to be an asset to wherever he goes. Alex, I know you got a question from Mr. Newman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, just talk about the joy of this experience. I mean, you've made the successful transition, great football campaign to basketball campaign. I had a great start, uh, 11 points and a big win um, over this past weekend. So, I mean, just I mean, good stuff all the way around. Talk about the importance of multi-sport participation and what that's meant to you and being uh, a Division One athlete, really in two sports, but uh, an elite football prospect looking to complete your total high school experience without graduating early, going all the way through playing multiple sports as long as you can. Talk about the benefits of that and why that's so important and what have you gained from that within and beyond competition? I just feel like, you know, playing two sports, I feel like college like seeing that you're like a two sport athlete, but, you know, just just being able to have the opportunity to play football and basketball in high school. You know, a lot of athletes, high school athletes don't get the opportunity. I feel like with basketball, you know, it can it can keep you in shape, too. And, you know, it's a different shape between football shape and basketball shape. But, you know, it's a lot of things that you work on in both. Like on basketball, you're working on cutting just like you're working on cutting on the field. So I feel like they both kind of, you know, sharpen the iron. And, you know, just both of the sports can make you better overall athlete. So I feel like those two things have just uh, made me a better athlete. Sam. I'll I tell you what, man. You did a great job this year. Um, I'm just happy that you got all your mother's athletic ability in that. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's obvious. You know, we all watch you on film, and it's just like, yeah, yeah there's no way that's dad's athleticism. So that's that's big time for you. Uh, one question for you, though. You were with Joe all year, Coach Evans. He's one of the strongest guys I know. Is there anybody on the team that can rival him on the bench press? Gotta say me. You? <laughs> oh, all right now. He's watching this. No, no, sure. Nah, for real, he's a strong dude. Like I got his class, and you know, he just he he he'll put four, he'll put like five hundred pounds on there, and just he'll act like he's struggling with it, and then he'll just push it up, and everybody's be like, bro, like he's not human. Like he just makes it look too easy. So you know, I don't think anybody can mess with him. Maybe Matthew Reddick, maybe. But I got you. I don't think anybody can mess with him on the bench press. All right, man. People gonna start disappearing, so you know that you know it's about to happen. He knows what's about to happen. Like, he got great stats. Stats don't matter in here. Stats don't matter in here. here. All right, Jacob. You've seen the game show. You know the rules. And your one yeah. job. I think Sam Sam tied the last time, so he doesn't have. Oh, a I did not a blue No, it was a tie. It was on the six-game tie streak, right? Yeah, he was on the tie. Let's get him losing as we get to the last couple Oh, my God. Do I have to tell you the last question? Is that going to prove it? First, we got to let Sam show off his little guns, then we'll come back with the question. Little gun. Brother, I'm not MJ, just Coach Griner, but I'm the GOAT of the game show.
<laughs> all right, Dale, Dale, uh, Jacob, you have to answer the first question, all right? And then, then Sam answers the next one. But here we go, Dale. Okay. Charlotte Catholic's Elijah Hood ran for 3,690 yards in 2013. Boy, that, was, that, was, that was some more year if it was – do I now? I said that was not a typo, 3,690. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember <laughs> I think when you first sent this out, it had it in a in a game, but uh, yeah. <laughs> breaking his own county record of thirty three hundred and nine yards set in twenty twelve. Who's number three on the Mecklenburg County list? These are all good running backs too. Um, ben Herlocker at uh, Catholic A, B Brian Knuckles, West Charlotte Wood Langston. We remember him, don't we? He's the best uh, running back I've ever seen in person. Justice Pickett, C. Justice Pickett at Audrey Kell, or D. Quarverius uh, Crouch at uh, Harding. Okay, Jacob, what is your answer? I got to go with D. D. Quarverius Crouch. Samuel, what you got? Golly. Um, I'm going to go. I I really don't know. I I can almost guess what Quarverius had that year, that he had a big-time year, but I don't think it was – I think it would be something closer to 3,300. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go be Brian Knuckles and just take a wild guess. Nope, it was Kavars Crouch. It was Kavars. your guy. Your I thought guy. it could be. I'm just like, uh, I don't yeah. think Brian's. I, think, yeah, I don't think my guy. Brian, my guy Brian was 2,000 plus twice. In the, what was it? He was 2,000 plus twice. Yeah, 2,000 yeah. plus. I didn't I think he got exactly, but it was, it was 2,000. That's, what, that's what I was thinking. I knew. I knew that it was numbers were good, but like I thought that someone maybe had top three thousand. I don't know. Uh, Sam, I was trying to get you, and I got you. Let's go, Chelsea. Sam's up first. All right. Before she married Prince Harry, Meghan Markle was on a popular TV show that ran from 2011 to 2019. Name it: A. Scandal. B. Suits. C. Grey's Anatomy. D. Breaking Bad. Samuel. I'm gonna go see Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Jacob. I'm going to go A, Scandal. That's close. It was B, Suits. I, I, I was trying to get y'all with the Scandal, but it's B, Suits. That was <laughs> Kerry Washington and Scandal. So it's still uh, it's still t- it's still one to nothing, Sam. You had a chance, Jacob, to really put some pressure on Sam right now. <laughs> and I love it. I love these. I love Gary, Gary's so disrespectful in the back. Look at Gary talking about made up stats. I ain't make up no deck on stats. I love it. Out the air. I love to see Sam squirm the too. That's the that's the thing is that you know I want to see him squirm. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that, that's okay. Here we go, Dale. Okay. Well, I, I don't know the answer to this one, but uh, which famous storyteller directed the hit 2017 oh. movie Get Out? A. James Wan. B. Jordan Peele. C. And I looked this up, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. I said it right. You did. You did. D. Tim Story. Jacob, what you got? I'm gonna go with B. You gonna go with B as in boy? Yeah. Okay. Samuel, what you got? I'm gonna go B as well. The answer is B. Jordan Peele. Jacob, you gave away the fact that you knew it with the ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that one. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Sam, Sam had no clue till you went ooh. Oh man. my god. <laughs> Sam's sitting there saying, if I guess his answer, then I'm no worse than one down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his strategy. Gordon Peele, man. Everybody Here we go, Chelsea. 
Which real-life pro athlete was considered for the lead role in the original Terminator movie? A, Dan Marino, B, Mike Tyson, C, O.J. Simpson, or D, Michael Strahan? Michael Strahan. Michael just went to the New York Jazz <laughs> Hall of Fame this weekend, too. I'm going to go C, O.J. Simpson. The juice. What you got, Jacob? Yeah, I'm gonna go with OJ Simpson too. That is correct. It's still two to one. <laughs> I like oh, that. Oh, the they they, right they just doing your own thing, to you, Sammy. So you corner me right now. You doing your four corner, corner, right corner fan. He's been watching the show. He He's using that four uh, corner. I'm, I'm with it. He's been watching the show. Let's go, Bill. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, Doctor Weird is a character. In which adult swim cartoon? A, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. B, Mr. Pickles. C, Samurai Jack. D, Rick and Morty. Jacob, you can knock him out right here. I think I think it's D, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Samuel, what you got? Well, I can't go with that no matter what. I'm going to go A. Dang it. You mm-hmm. came back in time. Your daughter told you that. Your daughter told you that. No, come on, my Just don't, just don't count me out. That's all. Dale drive me in the back. He's been wanting me to lose so bad. It ain't gonna happen. Jacob, you <laughs> stays here. Man. The bell stays it. here. You had it. And Gary, don't disrespect me in the back. <laughs> I, I was I knew you had a basketball game scheduled for tonight, so I was happy that it got postponed. You able to come on the show. But good luck this season in basketball. You guys got a special team. I saw the game on uh Friday or Saturday when, when you guys had the big upset against Cannon. So that was yeah. a, you know, you guys got a good looking team. You're looking for somebody who hadn't played ball in two years, you don't look too bad. Appreciate you, appreciate you. All right, man. Take case of you, man. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, sir. That, that is Mr. Newman, Alice's favorite football player. So why were you why were you saying he didn't get it from his dad? You know his dad was pretty good, right? He's a very good athlete, so he had to be, you know, given that gift from some gene pool, and it's got to be the mama side of the family. Both his uh, yeah. both his uncle and his dad were pretty uh, fast. I played against his uncle and his dad. Did you? Yeah, they were good ball players. Yeah, they were at Olympic. Gary said that Sam anytime, anytime, here's the rule of thumb. Anytime you have a kid that's really good at sports and their father coaches that same sport, you always give credit to the mother for the athleticism. It's just rule number one. You always do it. So, Jacob's dad was, was one heck of a football player. And when I met him, he was pulling a Volkswagen up a hill with a rope. I never seen anybody do it. Him and Mark May were trying to get in the league, and he was pulling a Volkswagen. They sent me to do a story. He was pulling a Volkswagen up a rope. I'll never forget that, like 80, 88, 89, somewhere. There. I had just started, and it was, it was crazy. All right, Chelsea, before we let you get out of here, I know we don't have a Chelsea's World tonight, but tell people how they can be on Chelsea's World in the future and get featured in the Charles Observer and the Raleigh News Observer, which is more publicity than you can get anywhere in this state. Yeah, what Langston said, tons of exposure. If you want to be featured on Chelsea's World, my Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. My direct message is open to anyone. Just hit me up, and I'd love to set something up. All right, so you got openings? Can I get on next week? Sure. <laughs> Just DM me. All right, so you guys make sure you hit up Chelsea. Chelsea, thanks a lot. Uh, have fun this weekend at the game. Who's winning? I'll see y'all. Who's winning? 
Uh, I got Gibbons. Got Gibbons. All right. I want Bullsville, though. <laughs> yeah, All right. I, think it'll, I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it'll be, you know, 40, 40, 40 to 38, 42, 35, something. Wow. Really high and exciting. Something really you're giving exciting. up that much, Alex? <laughs> I. It's, it's, it's going to be a high scoring game. I do agree with that. I, I think, it, but I do think something more like the 29 21 Cle- Gibbons over Cleveland. Something no, more, no, no. Something no. More that's like not that. a high scoring game. Winner of this game has a uh, four. That, that's, too high, that's too high scoring for me. Winner <laughs> this game has a four in the first number. All right, Chelsea, take care. We'll see I'll you next see y'all. week. All right. All right. Get I on, think Dave. it's going to be in the third. Gary, let me explain something to you real quick. Lawrence Crouch, I knew he didn't have over 3,000 yards. I thought there had to be someone else that had over 3,000. Like, that's a, I thought that was an educated guess, but I, it was terrible. <laughs> I, don't know. Like, I don't know how many yards he had. He, he had a bunch. <laughs> no, he had like 2,726, I think. It's like time that. to put the guru to work and find out what the state rankings are. Here we go. All right, guys. Uh, well, let's take a look here at the uh, 1A rankings. We'll start there. Uh, Tarboro, obviously the number one ranked team of uh, the state. Uh, they, they've got a tough contest of Friday against Pender. I do not think that that's going to be a walkthrough. I think that they're going to have to win it. Uh, you see Mitchell right there. Uh, man, Mitchell just continues to look good. Ty Turberfield um, statistically is one of the top offensive performers in the state. Robbinsville, again, Cutler Adams. I like a lot of – I like what I've seen out of that young man. That's a tough physical uh, – Team, uh, their their battle with Mitchell's gonna be fun. Pender right there, uh, they got a three headed monster in the backfield. They're really good. All these other teams are obviously out of it. Mount Airy, Northside, Murphy, Northampton, Eastern Randolph, Southside, all great teams. But hey, them top four are the top four. They're the ones that still got a chance. Chris, I wanted to ask you: Do you feel like you have to rank the, the semifinalists top four? Do you kind of say, well, maybe there's a team that lost to? Another team that's better than the other one, so I'm going to keep them high. Yeah, you know, I struggle with that sometimes. And and in the 4A, it, it hasn't necessarily worked out that way. I mean, I still think that there's some better teams uh, that are out that are better than some of the teams that are still playing. Uh, but in that 1A where there, there, there's some just some definite contenders that you just know without a shadow of a doubt, they're the mm-hmm. top four teams. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I think you just got to put them up there in, in that order. Uh, you, you know, Mount Airy and Pender, let's just say, for instance, those two go at it. You know, I kind of like Mount Airy's chances, uh, but let's just – it is what it is. Pender's still playing, and I think Pender has a legitimate chance to beat Tarboro Friday night. I would not be shocked uh, if they did so. Whoa, he's at Guru Chris Hughes on Twitter. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, um, and, and I'll take it. Uh, looking here at the uh, 2A rankings, obviously you got Shelby right there, uh, number one. A team in the state knocking off of the 32-33 game winning streak uh, held previously by Reedsville. Uh, Dalen Lee uh, is just putting on a show. I yes, uh, yes. like what I've seen out of that young man. Uh, Princeton, again, right there, uh, doing it without um, Jaden Brooks, the running back. Uh, yeah. So uh, very impressed with what I've seen out of them. Remember, Princeton has played a super aggressive schedule. You know, they had played East – uh, East Duplin early in the season. They went out and played some tough teams. This Princeton team is for real. Yeah, they've been, uh, Chris, they've been really off. good for a East Surrey right they, there. Uh, you know, East Surrey's been to the fourth round of the playoffs now four straight years. I do think East Surrey might beat Shelby. I would not be shocked at all if they do. Uh, this quarterback battle that we're going to see Friday night between Folger Boaz and Dalen Lee, 
could be a preview of next year's Mr. Football finalists. I think these two are that good, uh, both underclassmen. Uh, they're going to put on a show. Uh, Wallace Rose Hill, uh, you got Kanye Roberts right there that's leading the state in rushing, I believe, and has 48 touchdowns. Uh, but let's not forget Wallace Rose Hill also has three other backs over 1,000 yards. I mean, that's a stacked team. Uh, and there you see the teams already out. Reedsville made Northeastern. Um, St. Paul, Salisbury, Whiteville again. Uh, that 2A was the mini fight club, like uh, Coach Grice said. It was some tough, tough football this year. Yeah, Princeton um, had not gotten out of the second round, I think, and they they really went after that schedule to really kind of beef it up, and it's definitely paying dividends. The same with Roseville in the 4A. You know, I think these Eastern teams playing, you know, tougher schedules, kind of mimicking what we're seeing in the West is paying off for them a little bit. All right. Well, yeah, we no, got I agree. I mean, I, I really think this Princeton team uh, – I have to kind of, you know, Wallace Rose Hill's just playing some of the best football I've seen on play all year, and they've got so many options in the backfield. But Princeton does too. I just think that that's going to be one of those instant classic kind of games. I um, mean, Wallace Rose Hill, you know, you 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 ever, you're going to focus on um, Kanye Roberts, but they've got. Antoine Montgomery and Kamon Ferrier. They got like a three other thousand yard backs back there. And Kevin Montzinger has been coaching in big time games for decades. I mean, it's just going to be a phenomenal game. Yeah. I was talking about three acres. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any um, question who the number one ranked team is. Dudley had that uh, win over Statesville Friday. Uh, Dudley play has the best defense that I've seen. You know, I just think that they're the most complete team in 3A. And, and I really think that there's a pretty sizable gap down to number two. And that's no disrespect to South Point, who has win, went the hard road this year. You know, they've played tough teams. You know, I think Gaston County, this might be the, the best year I've ever seen collectively out of all the Gaston teams combined uh but i just think that there's a big gap you know rose is right there remember if you go back and look at the preseason rankings i had greenville rose as the number one team uh but they played a tough schedule and lost some tough games early on but look you know here playing for a championship they've still got a chance and, and then jacksonville uh jacksonville's been a really good team uh they, they went on the road and played east uh eastern alamance uh the jacksonville um their quarterback is kind of one of those shifty guys, uh, Josh Benton. Uh, you know, he's only got about a thousand passing and a thousand rushing, uh, but he's just kind of one of those shifty players. Uh, and that kind of wraps up the teams that are playing. You see some teams there, Eastern Alamance at the close overtime loss, uh, Statesville, Crest, Scotland, Northern Ash, 71st. Again, all great season, great teams with a great season, but uh, only four playing this week. Yeah, Scotland almost pulled it off for you, Chris. They got really, they got really far. Well, away. I had Scotland picked to go all the way. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that's a, a spot where I was wrong. In fact, if you look at my original bracket, I've been wrong a lot. But uh, uh, you've been, you been right a lot too. But let's let's look at Grice's favorite uh, poll: the four A Fight Club. Yeah, there you go. I mean, the 4A Fight Club, it is the 4A Fight Club for a reason. I was on the sideline to watch that Huff game. Uh, just tremendously talented team. Uh, I thought that East Forsyth played as good a game as they could possibly play against Huff, and it just shows how much better Huff is. I mean, I thought East came out with a great scheme. They played a great game. Uh, they just wasn't in the same arena uh, in terms of talent. Uh, on that Friday night. So Huff is obviously there, and I think Chambers is right there uh, on their uh, tails. You know, I was at that game back in September at Memorial Stadium when it was a 16-10 to 10 game. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a big game. Cardinal Gibbons, obviously. And here is a scenario where you see a team that is not playing is ranked mm -hmm. above Rollsville. But I'm going to yeah. say this about Rollsville, and it's just a little bit of a caveat. Um, Rollsville is as healthy as they've been all year. They have not been healthy much during the year. They have been struggling with injuries. Uh, they are as healthy as they've been all season. 
Uh, obviously, Byron Brown putting up those video game-like numbers. Ohio State's going to be on the campus tomorrow uh, looking at them and Noah Rogers. So, uh, you know, they got a lot of talent. They're going to uh, try to get Byron to, to switch up. Say that again? They're going to they do a Rogers. I said they're going to try to get Byron to switch up. I, you know, Byron committed very early uh, to South Florida, uh, but I don't see that necessarily being his landing spot. I certainly think that Byron Brown is probably a lot better than South Florida, but, hey, it's still a D1 school. He's got, I think, 3,800 yards, 39 touchdowns, two interceptions, about 1,300 yeah, yards rushing, and he's a big body. He's a big frame, and we've seen him play his best in the biggest of games. So, I mean, I think that he is a huge upside player, and he's great academically well, and that's the most important part. Grace, what do you think? Is Byron Brown a power five player? I definitely think he is. I mean, I think one side of it, you look at some of the teams he's been able to play, even though he's, you know, he's been, you know, East, he's been able to see Chambers in a big time environment facing, you know, one of the greatest defenses we felt, you know, in the state, especially this spring. You look at even the East Forsyth game and the way he's come on, I was even telling somebody this today um, on the way here to home to do the show. Um, you know, you talk about his ascension, even if we talk about our Mr. Football segment, he was a guy for a while that wasn't even on the list. But yeah. the last four to five weeks that he's had, mm-hmm. you could argue anyone here, you know, he's had you know one of the best last four or five weeks anybody in the Southeast. All right. Well, let's take a look at the games uh, this week. Uh, Chris, let's start with on the, on the right side over there and, and uh, tell us about what you see. And uh, guys, you can jump in where you want to. Well, uh, I want to start right there at that bottom right uh, with that Tarboro Pender County game again. I think Pender County is a team that has a chance to win this game. Um, Pender's coached by Tom Means, who's been all over the state, has hundreds of wins. Uh, Tom Means left Pender and went to, you know, Ashley. He went to, to Patton over there in Morganton. Uh, you know, he was a big-time quarterback at Davie County and played at Elon. So, you know, Tom Eanes has been around. He runs that old Georgia Southern-style handball. Uh, he has got a backfield that's got about four, about 3,000-yard rushers in their own right. Um, I'm trying to think of their names. Uh, but Anthony B., I think, is one of them. Uh, they, they've just got a, a lot of uh, talent. So, I think – I do think that uh, Pender has a chance – uh, to beat Tarboro. I mean, obviously, I think Tarboro is going after their sixth or their eighth state championship, I think, four in like the last five years. So Jeff Craddock has obviously built a machine. Uh, yeah. Tobias Dorner is kind of their workhorse out of the backfield, got a lot of talent there. Uh, obviously, that T formation. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's just going to be a Donnybrook of a game. Uh, that Robbinsville-Mitchell County game, again, you got Cutler Adams at Robbinsville who, who just gets behind those tackles and goes, and they're just such a physical team. And then on the other side, you got um, – uh, Ty Tuberfield at Mitchell and, and playing at home. And that's just an incredible home field advantage there at Mitchell. So I think that's a tough game, uh, you know, looking up there at that 2A. Uh, and it's hard, by the way, for me to even think of picking a winner in that Robbinsville-Mitchell game. I think it is just such a 50-50 <laughs> ball game. Uh, looking, obviously, kind of said, Wallace-Rose Hill, uh, you got three running backs at 1,000 yards. Princeton is on um, a backup running back in Christian Paris who yeah. put on, I think he rushed for about 250 yards on about 35 carries last week. So, I mean, a tremendous effort by him. Uh, I do kind of think Wallace Rose Hill is playing the best, but that gummit, you look at Princeton and they've played great all year. Uh, that East Surrey at Shelby game, I do think that East Surrey has a chance to win this. I'm, I'm not going to get here and just call for the upset, uh, but I'm just going to say it right here. It would not surprise wow. me in the least to see the Cardinals advance to the championships. Sam, is wow. that going to happen? Is Shelby going to go out in the regional finals at home in front of all those people? Uh, absolutely not. They're lions. King of the jungle. <laughs> no, we can't get you. Not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> not so, no, seriously, Shelby, come on, man. Like, 
they got the black lines down. They mean business. It's just what it is right now. But honestly, Langston, I mean, even full disclosure, you know, we will talk about the, the game of the week. Yeah. This one was a close second. I mean, you, you look on both sides of this, the way East Surrey has played, mm-hmm. both explosive offenses and explosive quarterbacks there with Folger Boaz and yeah. Dalen Lee. I mean, yeah. I'm excited to watch this game. I, if I could get yeah. out there in time, I would have to leave here at 3.30 just to be able to get out mm-hmm. there to watch the game. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have two great programs. Coach Loman's going to come in there with those boys, you know, coming from 1-8, showing it doesn't matter to them. 1A, 2A, they play good football and they're going to be ready to go. So, I mean, it's going to be an excellent game, but goodness, to pick a winner there first off and then to see Shelby lose at home, I just can't see it. I mean, it it's going to be a fun one. You better get there early, I'll say. There's only one game I feel certain about in all these games this weekend. That's the one I think Shelby wins. It's going to be like Gibbons. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I think the winner's going to have a four as the first number, but I think Shelby's going to advance to the state championship. Game. Shelby's defense is just – such underrated. They're really good. No, they. I mean, they're not they're they're a month they game. <laughs> All right, Chris, tell us about three A. All right, obviously you got Jacksonville um, going against Greenville Rose. Greenville Rose won that game 28-21 earlier in the season. Remember, Rose was my preseason number one team, so, you know, that's a team with a lot of talent. Uh, Will Jones' quarterback has just come on tremendous of late. Uh, He has just been on fire. Very well-coached team, uh, doing a lot of great things. But on the flip side, you know, you got Coach Bo Williams, uh, and, and, you know, he's a coach and protege, grew up under his dad's uh, tutelage. Uh, He's also a big-timer as well, and he had Jacksonville in the state championship a couple years ago uh you know i mentioned josh bitten uh the the really um shifty i like to use that word senior quarterback if you'd watch his film you just kind of see how he moves around uh just a really almost like a doug flutie kind of player uh thousand yard passer thousand yard rusher uh and then that dudley game you know these are just two traditional powers dudley may be one of the most complete teams i've seen of any of them in fact i think if i was going to do a top um all classification team. I'm not so sure that I wouldn't have Dudley as the top team. You just look at those two ends and all the they got about 60 sacks, I think, this year on that defense. I think Dudley has somewhere around 28, 2900 yards passing and about 5,000 yards rushing. And I think they've put 53 rushing touchdowns on the scoreboard this year. <laughs> Dudley is really good. But, uh, but yeah. looking at that South Point game, uh, Adam Hodge, you know, he didn't fall too far from that Mickey Lineberger coaching tree. Uh, Coach Mark Barnes of Scotland used to tell me that, that South that Mickey Lineberger ran Paul Johnson's Georgia Tech offense better than Paul Johnson did. And I think Adam Hodge does it as well. And you got A.J. Riley there in that, in that, that, that a lot of that motion and that stuff out of the backfield. I think that will be a little bit of an equalizer to take some of that um, pressure that, that Dudley's going to bring Adam away from him. Yeah, and Chris has talked about, you know, these first three classifications. I threw some notes on the screen. Uh, shout out to the State Association for shooting this over to us and, and all the media. So Tarboro going for six straight seasons is pretty special. They hadn't been to – they've not gone to a state championship since 2016. So a whole class of kids has come through, class and a half, and not seen them not go to a state championship. Uh, you know, Wallace Rose Hills going back for the first time since 2017, and Princeton's going for the first time since 79. And then there's Sam Shelby team, eight out of nine regional finals, and East Surge in his fourth straight. And I, I guess, Grace, to your point, that was probably the number two game of the week in North Carolina. I mean, that's uh, pretty amazing numbers. And then, you know, J.A. Rose and Jacksonville hadn't played in the playoff game since 2002. But Dale, talk to me a little bit about the South Point Dudley uh, matchup. Both teams are regional finals for the first time since 2016. I think that's the um, – <laughs> I, I, I believe that's the top two teams in 3A playing mm. each other. Um, 
I do believe that there is a gap between uh, Dudley and South Point. I think Dudley's just they're 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 too good a team, but I'm not going to count South Point out. I think they can uh, they they can get a few things going right. They can they can potentially play in this game, but they really are going to have have a lot of things going right. Dudley's just that, that's that's going to be a hard hard team to uh, stop. And, and personally, I think that might be the state – that should be the state championship game. But. Grace, hey, OC for Dudley is Antonio Hall, my high school teammate. We lost in 2003 in the state championship game to Belmont South Point. Do your job, Coach Hall. You got to get us our get back. We've been waiting a long time. Here it comes. Get it hey, back. He's my college teammate. I know. Hey, we got. he's got a job to do. We need our get back. I wanted so bad. I wanted to beat Kings Mountain so bad so I could go against them and, and just pick on them at half, to, you know, like out there in the middle of the field. But oh, yeah. Yep. That didn't happen. Do your <laughs> job, man. Come as, on. Always, as always, next year. All right. Before we get into the game of the week, uh, Chris and, and Alex, let's talk about this Roseville game with Cardinal Gibbons. You see the notes up there. Rose was the lowest seed of the team to reach the regional finals. You know, we talked about them being five and five, and Gibbons is his third straight. Uh, you know, Alex, what do you see in this game? First off, the Roseville seed—that's that—that's a paper seed. We all know that that's just absolute nonsense. It is what it is—a byproduct of the 4A Fight Club on the conference level. As we know, that, that our Northern Carolina Conference, other than our good friends in Charlotte and the great and Charlotte Mecklenburg, uh, represented here by Sam Greiner and Jonathan Grice, and um, from years past, Gary Richmond. Other, other than that conference, this might be as good a conference in the state as you'll see. So, and, and, and with all due respect to, um, to uh, the Central Piedmont too, that's another good conference, but that, that's, a paper, that's a paper seat. So don't worry about that. Okay. You have a great game here where we're going to see it's basically the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Byron Brown and Noah Rogers are going to score some points. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And again, they have yet to see the likes of Nick Drew's defense at Cardinal Gibbons. So, I, I mean, it, it's this is a made-for-TV kind of deal right here. All right. Nick, Drew, Nick Drew, who has just added to his resume time and again, I mean, shutting out for a half, Omarion Hampton and Cleveland. I mean, the the half uh, second half shutout versus Scotland yeah, in 2019. I think I mean, Roseville was going to be a little tougher because Roseville <laughs> and they got a four thousand yard quarterback and a thousand yard receiver. They just have more weapons to throw at you. I think it's going to. I, I I believe the over under in this game is seventy. Chris, what do you think? Well, I, I do think uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Alex likes to throw out Dick Drew, the defensive coordinator at Cardinal Gibbons, and rightfully so. Uh, this young man should be a head coach somewhere, uh, but, you know, his loyalty to the system there in the Crusaders, it, it's certainly um, appreciated. Uh, and, and, you know, they want to hold on to a coach of that caliber as long as they can. He could end up being the successor whenever uh, Coach Stephen Wright decides to leave. Uh, and I want to throw another name out there for you, Alex. The offensive coordinator at Rollsville, Richard Shooping, uh, son of longtime head football coach Todd Shooping in this state. Uh, Richard has been around, and he has shown this year that he knows how to to orchestrate that offense and put a lot of points up. Obviously, uh, you know, with the, the the primary weapons of Byron Brown and Noah Rogers, but they've got a lot of other 
contributing guys as well. Uh, but I really like the offensive line of that Rollsville team as well. The reason that I'm going to lean Rollsville slightly in this game, though, is, is I mentioned it earlier. This is the first time all year that Rollsville's coming in firing on all cylinders. Uh, they are as healthy as they've been. Uh, I think that they've got an opportunity uh, to come in there and make a statement. You know, they've played a couple teams. They lost some game, close games early on. Avenged the loss to two of those teams. Uh, I just think this is going to be a down-to-the-wire kind of ball game. Uh, I, I do think Rollsville's got a chance to win it. I may very well go to that game. I was thinking about going to the Huff-Chambers game, uh, but, you know, I've seen them two play back in September, so I'm kind of thinking about going to this game up in uh, the state capitol. So we'll see. It, it's going to be a good one. This is going to be one of them Big 12 games, I'm telling you. Um, there's only uh, one game that could be the game of the week, though, and that – All right, before we let Gary loose and the Chambers people waiting on Gary, and Gary hadn't said a word before he's going to show. Why are they waiting on me? They waiting on you. Chambers, <laughs> Chambers in the six, let, let me get through the intro. Chambers is in the sixth straight regional final. They won the past three. Huff is in the, for the first time since 2017 when the Huskies lost to Mallet Creek, when Mallet Creek was a power. It's amazing that these three schools in, in the northern part of Charlotte have been so dominant. Huff and Chambers met earlier this year. We discussed that. You know, Huff won 16 to 10. And when we get back from the other side of Grice's right, we're going to let Grice talk about it and Gary talk about it. All right, another game this week. Huh? I said, this is the game. All these other games are cool. This is the game of the week. Though. The yes. game. The game. game. This is the game, and it's so big that instead of just doing three keys, Grice wanted to do three keys for both teams. So we got one slide where Huff will win. Then we have another slide, Chambers fans, while Chambers will win before you start coming on. Yeah, I see what you titled this. Goodness, Langston, you, like, tried to set me up here. You see what he did, Griner? Like, look at this. He did, he, hey, he did it on purpose. I'm trying to he tell did. you. He, I know he did. But, hey, have you not noticed? Langston's hands are clean when he's doing this right now. He always, always are. <laughs> but but let's hey let's let's get from behind let's go behind the curtain for a second. I laugh because Langston always you know seems so impartial and everything. Normally he sends me a, a message with some games. We try to pick them. This week all he said was send me your key. <laughs> he he knew what was up. Everyone did. I mean this is one of those games I think we're gonna remember for a long time. You have two teams that are nationally ranked in the top forty. Two teams that are unquestionably for a year or more more been the best teams in probably a hundred mile radius. Uh, Huff and Chambers, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic game with the storylines of plenty. Uh, you look at Huff aiming to do something that they haven't done with a school with, that has probably the best team that they've fielded since its inception. You have a team in Chambers that is coming off looking to be iconic. I mean, we don't have many coaches like a Glenwood Fairby that are going to go the back to back to back since Mallet Creek has done it. I don't know. It's been a while, of course, since Tommy Knott, since someone has been so prolific. So, I mean, you're chasing history and legacy on both sides. So the storylines outside of the game are so immense. And, I mean, even talking with both sides, you know, I have friends on both sides that, that coach in this game. I'm excited and, and grateful to, to be able to see, you know, what they're about to experience. This is, to me, life and legacy changing. And, yes, it's that important. Um, because I've seen both of these teams, I mean, more than I, you know, I've almost seen their entire season as far as film. Even watched this game last night again, the 16-10 to 10 Huff victory in the regular season. I wanted to switch it up and kind of go why, why Huff could win this game, why Chambers. I think this game is as 50-50 as it can be. 
um, you know, looking at that first game, you see a lot of missed opportunities. But let's start on the Huff side. If Huff is to be victorious, if this is in the paper, Langston writes about Huff being victorious, these three things are going to be the things that happen. First, Hudson's going to have to play the best game of his life. Um, you look in the past, you know, past three weeks, uh, he ironically has been at about a 48% completion percentage to compare that with the game that they won 16 to 10 over Chambers. He actually was at a 48% completion percentage as well. The last three games, he's had two touchdowns in the air and also three picks. In the Chambers game, he also had the negative one interceptions over touchdowns being held without a touchdown pass while throwing a pick in that game. So I think he's kind of been where he is. He needs to take that next step. He's got it in him, and him at his best is one of the best players that I think quarterback-wise in this state. He's got to take that step and really take hold of this game. If he does, that offense is really going to explode and, and put up some big numbers. Uh, second, we got to go to special teams. To me, special teams you know, is going to play a big role in this game. Nolan Hauser, the kicker for the sophomore kicker for Huff, is one of the best players in the state. Uh, you think about it in, in a game and how games go where field position is so important. These guys, this guy's kickoffs consistently go into the end zone or the one yard line at the worst. He's able to kick from 45 or 50 yards uh, as far as field goals. So as soon as Huff crosses the 50, they're basically in his range. This guy has five field goals in the last two games and was vital in the first game versus Chambers. And I think he's going to be there again. I mean, he's having a great run. Let's go, let's go to the defensive side. Talking with Coach Chachi Sullivan. This is Coach Chachi Sullivan's best defense that he's had since he's been at Huff. And he's been there in some capacity since it's open. Uh, you know, he talked about this defense being the right amount of aggressive but heady, meaning they make the right plays but are aggressive enough to stop important players. <clears throat> Even so far in the playoff run, they've held, you know, Mr. Newman, as we called him, to very pedestrian numbers. You talk about East Precise, you know, Keyshawn Brown only having, I think it's about 77 or 80 yards with the majority of those yards coming in the fourth quarter with under a minute left. They've done a great job so far. They've got their biggest test again in Hollywood Smothers, but this is going to be the reason. These three things, if they win, they're going to have to happen. Let's switch it on to the other side. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before before we do that, we'll give you a quick second. We we gotta we gotta let Gary talk about this game. Cause I I've, I've been hearing about it all week. They heard about it on the sideline. Gary, just give us your thoughts on Chambers at home. Hey, Grace, go on the NFL network for all that mess. Chambers is gonna win the game. Simple as that. Okay. <laughs> it, it, you can go on, you can do all that analyzing and this and that and that. Unless there's a ton of turnovers and over 100 yards in penalties against Chambers, Chambers is going to win the game, period. Simple as that. You don't have to do all that other stuff. That's it. Chambers going to win. They better. <laughs> they better. Wow. All right. What about their coaching, Gary? Huh? What about their coaching? <laughs> what about their coaching? You want me to get a coach or something to put, a, oh, put in the new video oh, this week? Can we put it in the new video this week? Dale is becoming Langston. It is. Like, All right, Grace. Why does Chambers win this game? Yeah, so the flip side, again, if Langston writes the headline that Chambers has, has been victorious in this game, again, first first line, Smothers continues to play like Hollywood. He's a guy, if you don't fit the run, great. If you don't fit that inside zone right and you give him a crease, he's taking it 80, he's taking it 60, however far he needs to go. He, you know, in their best games, when Chambers is at their best, Smothers has been the true Hollywood guy that he's been all year. The second one, and again, Gary touched onto it, they got to minimize mistakes. 
going back to watch that first game, they literally, the first two punts they had, one was blocked and the other, the snap was fumbled and Huff got the ball in great territory. Went back and counted in game one. There were 12 third and longs, including a third and 40. Yes, a third and 40 in the fourth quarter of that game. So again, you putting yourself in that situation is playing right in the Huff's wheelhouse. It makes it very tough for you to do anything special offensively. Just even half of that and no mistakes in the punting game is going to put Chambers in a favorable situation there. And then finally, I think, you know, it was time to give credit. I mean, I've always said that Austin Greer was one of the most, I don't even want to say disrespected, but most underrated quarterbacks that he, you know, he had during his time and some of the great things he's done. QB and Sean Bubba Camp has really grown up. I mean, I think if you go back and watch from the first game that they played until now and watching that Weddington game, that Weddington team, he was a multiple-time state champion, and he put up, you know, 240, I think it was, yards on 67% completion. So, I mean, he's a guy that's really grown into this position as a junior or starting the year as a junior. He's got to continue to make those big explosive plays in the passing game. I think he's a lot better even from when I saw him on film in the Huff Chambers regular season game. He makes those big plays and gets the ball to conception, gets the ball to Armand Wright. Zion Booker is another guy. Sean Walker is another guy. They have so many athletes out there. If he's able to distribute the ball to those playmakers down the field, his game could get ugly if they're able to get open. So I think it's going to be a great game. To me, it's 50-50 as the games can get. I know Gary's got a got an answer. You probably got some phone calls. Uh, I definitely got some some messages and stuff. Hey, look, there. he just I, asked me about the coaching staff, okay? I'm going to tell you the coaching staff. Defense coordinators, it's a push. They're both good. They're both great, okay? Uh, offensive coordinators, I like the adjustment process that the Chambers offensive coordinator has made during the playoffs from series to series, from half to half. Uh, I'm not sure Huff can score enough points if they don't get ideal field position. I don't think they can they can take a kickoff and go consistently 80 yards against Chambers. They don't have to. The kicker can kick from the dang house. He will kick it from Dagum Huntersville to Cornelius, man. That's All hey, right. that that part. Hey, yeah, yeah, and that, that is a great weapon. And then you know, you come down, the I, I want to know. Hold on, hold on. And then know. you come down to the head coaches. Hey, Fairby's got the rings. Okay, Jenkins is good, but Fairby's got the rings. So right, hold on a second. before we get into this, I want to hear from Alex and Dale and Sam, but I got to hear from the number one voice in the game. Chris, tell us about your thoughts on this game. Well, I think I think that. Um, there's some good and bad for both sides. You know, I think the good slash bad is I don't think either of these teams have played their best game of football all year. I've looked at most of the games, and I don't think either of them has really played a complete game. Uh, while I think the defenses for both of them are phenomenal, I agree with Gary that I think the offense can be uh, where this game's won or lost. You know, the one thing I want to see is, is, you know, if something's working, keep hitting it. Keep going at it play after play after play. Don't get cute and try to start doing other stuff if you've already found it, if you exploited the part of the defense. And that's something that I think teams can, can kind of get caught up in doing these days and trying to, to distribute the ball the way they do. Uh, but, again, these guys are not they're, – they're both phenomenal on defense, but I agree uh, that I just don't think any of them's played their best game yet. And when one of them does click and play that best game, I think it's going to be nasty for either of those teams. Uh, but in games like this, you know, we've seen it many times before. You know, we, we talked about Hollywood. You know, we talked about Tad, Tad Hudson. Uh, I agree with Grice. You know, I do think the kicker uh, for Huff, uh, Hoosier, uh, could be uh, a huge advantage for the Huskies. 
Uh, but you know, oftentimes in big games like this, and I've seen it in 40 years of being around high school football, that in games like this, it's often the most uh, common player that you don't even know nothing about that makes uncommon plays uh, that ends up propelling their team to victory. So it could be some young man that we haven't even barely talked about. It could be on the defensive side or the offensive side that I think is going to have the biggest impact in this game. Yeah, uh, number six for Chambers. Help me, Grace. Number six for Chambers, the backup running Cam back. Kennedy. Cam Kennedy could play a big role in this game. Uh, Dale, your thoughts here on, on the big game? I, I, I share a lot of Gary's thoughts. Uh, I think what I saw Wednesday night, excuse me, Friday night against Weddington, uh, while maybe Chambers didn't play a complete game, they played pretty darn close. Uh, they did kind of limit their mistakes as well. They didn't have quite the penalty mistakes that we've seen in some of the other games. And quite honestly, uh, having seen them dominate Weddington and uh, I saw Huff dominate South Mecklenburg, it looked uh, Weddington probably a better team. Uh, and just the way that they handled things and the way they played Friday night, uh, I think I think it's their game to lose, just seeing how things have gone the last few weeks. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, Samuel, I'm a little scared, but I'm I'm going to uh I'm going to let you go let you they're, 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 Just remember you gotta play these teams next year, Sam. Oh ahead. yeah, I understand. They're both phenomenal. They're the best two teams in the state. There's no doubt about it. It's not even close, I don't think. Um so here's the deal. Smothers Hollywood himself last year was the only major difference in the game last year in the third round. He had two big breakout runs that put him over the hump. Um, the first game that they played this year, they limited to Hollywood, I think for less, I think he went for less than 50 yards in the game, I believe. I'm not sure. If they do that again, Huff will win this game. Um, but if Hollywood gets over, you know, 120 or so, then I think the Chambers wins the game. I think he is the deciding factor of the whole game. Hollywood putting it on his shoulders, or is the defense of Huff just too good like they did the first game? And in my opinion, if you put my feet to the fire, because everybody else teeter-tots. You know, we got Chris saying this, Grice saying this, 50, 50, 50. Gary, I like where you stand, baby. You right on it and just say, look, this is going to win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my feet to the fire. I'm going to say the best defense is going to win this game, even though I thought Cannon from Chambers has done a phenomenal job this year. And he's done even better in the playoffs. It kind of reminded me of Hackett when he took over the first game, uh, his first year of being defense coordinator. He took in the in the playoffs. He just started doing a different scenario. The players started playing better. The whole deal, the schemes got really good. I think they really got into the film room and dissect what they needed to do. And I think Cannon's doing that. It showed up in the Porter Ridge game. I thought he made some major adjustments that that was very very helpful in the game. But saying that now, I think. The key factor that people don't talk about is Stevie Williams. Stevie Williams, in my opinion, is by far the best front seven defensive coach in the state. He's better than the boys at Cardinal Gibbons, all these other places. I'm telling you, he is the real deal. Ever since Huff has gotten him in, coaching the defensive line, mm -hmm. remember that guy that we used to talk about for player of the year that's not playing right now for Huff? Does anybody yeah. remember his name? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, is their D-line any worse? If Curtis was no. playing, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, but it doesn't It doesn't even matter because, I mean, their D-line is that good still even without them. Yeah. It speaks volume to the coaching staff, and I think Huff wins the game. 
All right. Um, Alex, I'm going to ask you a little bit different question. We've been spending a lot of time tonight on Chambers and Huff. Is this the state final, or will Cardinal Gibbons and Roseville have something to say about it? It's certainly not the state final. It certainly is one of those defining games. Now, if you remember earlier this season, I spoke of how the Huff Chambers game was insignificant because because Huff has yet to break through. Well, this is significant right here. This 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 is totally significant. This is Huff's opportunity to have that breakthrough, like Butler did with Independence, like Mallard Creek had with Butler. This is Huff's opportunity. So this is very significant. I won't say it's the state final, but it is very significant. And I'll just conclude by saying I'll put my feet to the fire to wrap it up right here and say Huff has an opportunity. But when it all comes down to it, two difference makers. Defensively, James Pierce for Chambers. Offensively, I'm not even going to use my own words. I'm going to use the words of the great Shaka Khan. There's a song that Shaka sang that says, He's waited at bus stops all his life. Yeah, you get on the bus to play for championships. He's been in and out of those spaces. He hits the holes time and again. Seeing eyes that spoke to him with that great field vision from sad, oh, hadn't been sad the last couple of years, and gifted spaces, sad and gifted places. Gifted places being Chapel Hill and Raleigh. For this gentleman, and if anyone recognizes what I'm talking about, the next line of the song is, he's on his way, he's going to Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) All right, in in every Democratic or Republican convention, there's always rebuttal. Chris, you had a rebuttal. Well, I'm I'm going to... um... Agree and disagree. Uh, I do think this is the state championship game uh, between Huff and Chambers uh, with only one caveat, and that is just the two of them physically beat up on one another so bad, and you've got five or six kids injured going into the next week, and then maybe a Gibbons or maybe a Rollsville will sneak up on them. Uh, And when I said that neither team had played a complete game, that was with very – you know, tough standards because again, these two teams have set the bar so high, and you got to grade them at, the, at their their biggest strengths. So I don't think that they played their most complete game at their standards, but but they've played incredible, incredible games. Uh, that that I think the gap between third and the rest or second and the rest of the four A is is very, very big. Um, so with that being said, I do think this is a state championship game unless uh, they just completely beat up on one another and allow one of the other two teams to kind of sneak in there. Well, this is one of the most anticipated games that I think we've seen in in a few years. And it's definitely uh, one I hope a lot of people go out and and watch and enjoy. And and we'll come back next week, talk about Grice's Gems and break it all down. But right now, we got some fresh faces to introduce to you guys that uh, Grice Chris worked on. All right, everybody, we're heading into the semifinal weekend of high school football. One more game to go before these teams advance to the ultimate goal of the state championships. Uh, but, Coach Christ, we still got a lot of young, fresh ballers that are out there balling it out that have deserved to get on this fresh faces list. So, uh, hey, you, 
I'm going to say to you, when you're playing this time of year and you're making those big-time plays and kind of bursting on the scenes, I mentioned it last week, you know, freshmen and sophomore aren't really freshmen and sophomore anymore. Definitely. I mean, these guys have achieved a new level in our, you know, are, are in a different season. That second season that's so important for a lot of these teams. You know, we look at these fresh faces and we talk, and I've said it before, you're going to find guys that have stepped up and risen to the occasion in these big time moments, moments they've been waiting their entire lives for. We get to highlight them and show you how important they're going to be going forward for the team. And in this unprecedented age of six rounds of the playoffs, we've now got some teams that have played five rounds are going to be playing five rounds uh, this week. Uh, so anyway, hey, without any further ado, let's hit this week's uh, group of fresh faces here. Uh, we're going to start up there in Raleigh, North Carolina, Cardinal Gibbons High School, fresh off a 42-14 victory over Panther Creek. Uh, senior Ethan Grace had three sacks uh, en route to that big win um, for Cardinal Gibbons. Uh, tell us about it, Coach. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about Panther Creek for a while. He's, uh, spring season is fall season. They've been stout. But, I mean, I think this game and this season, I mean, Cardinal Gibbs' defense has been crazy, stopping Amari and Hampton, you know, among others. And, I mean, this guy, Ethan Grace here is a reason why. You know, Alex always talks about defensive coordinator Nick Drew and how, you know, effective he is. You know, you can't be effective without great players on that side. And then we see a defensive end here is, you know, a great guy. You can see why he's getting all the sacks. Definitely a great get off and somebody that you've got to account for no matter what you're doing offensively. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, good looking uh, young football player. He is a senior. Uh, but again, sometimes, it, you, you know, just players, even senior football players who may be starting, it takes a while for them to kind of get their their seasons going and playoff games like that. You know, sometimes uncommon players are common players make uncommon plays. I've heard that saying for a long time in my coaching career. Uh, so, Great job there for Ethan Grace, Cardinal Gibbons High School. Uh, let's stay in eastern North Carolina and go all the way down to the southeastern coast to Jacksonville. Uh, Cardinals have a 27-20 victory uh, in overtime, 27-21 victory in overtime over Eastern Alamance. Uh, let's look at Damon Jude. Damon June, I'm sorry. Uh, Damon June had uh, the game-winning touchdown in overtime uh, to propel the Cardinals to that victory. Tell us about it, Coach. Yeah, and I think we're going to see it right here. Again, it has on here, he's a freshman. He ain't a freshman anymore. And with making plays like that, you can see why they had to get him on the field in this playoff run. A lot of freshmen are sitting there cold on, on their, you know, after having their respective JV seasons. This kid here shows his elusiveness, shows his ability to stick his foot in the ground there as he gets near the sideline and get those last few yards. I mean, it's great. You see his size. You see the numbers he had there. I mean, what a productive kid here as a young guy. And I think somebody we're going to have to be looking at as we go further and as he goes further in his career. Yeah, he had 12 carries for 82 yards. Again, he's a freshman and did that against a very good, rock-solid Eastern Alamance team that had been up there near the top of the rankings all season long uh, in overtime for all the marbles on the table. So uh, great job there. Uh, Damon June, sorry I messed up your name earlier. All right, Coach Grice, uh, let's stay right here in Eastern North Carolina. Princeton High School had that big victory over St. Paul's. Remember St. Paul's was in the state championship game yep. back in the spring. Uh, and let's talk about Christian Paris had 247 yards and three touchdowns in that championship game. Uh, you know, Jaden Brooks has been out with injury and he has really stepped up his game. Let's talk about this young man, Coach. I mean, I think they just keep producing great athletes. I mean, we knew about Jaden Brooks, somebody we've been watching, you know, for, for a while now. But, again, the next guy to step in there, Christian Paris. I mean, you look at the speed, the trusting of his blockers. I mean, again, a lot of times for a guy that hasn't had the reps as the star, you know, you're, you get in there and you don't necessarily trust those blockers or you're trying to do what the star is doing. 
and not running along the track that you're supposed to. We see it as a guy's, you know, his versatility's probably been on kickoff return the entire time. Now he's adding that duty of being in the backfield with that. We can see how impactful and how dynamic he's been this season. They seem like they haven't missed Jaden Brooks these last couple of weeks, and here's why. Yeah, you see that phone booth football that you like to talk about, but that wing tee and that that uh, single-wing offense that Coach Travis Gaster's running, that is really hard to contain sometimes. Oh, yeah. You've got to really play some assignment football and discipline defense uh, to know where that ball is going. But when you yeah. got an athlete like him that can take that confusion and next thing you know be 40 yards downfield, that's pretty impressive. It's tough to stop. It, it really is. And that's Eastern North Carolina football there, by the way, guys. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch when they get that well-oiled machine running at, at full speed. And finally, let's talk about one last fresh face. We're going to stay in Eastern North Carolina once again uh, to Greenville. Uh, Greenville Rose, J.H. Rose High School. Uh, quarterback, junior quarterback, Will Taylor, had 200. Uh, he's got a 225-pound bench. I'm looking at that. Went 14 of 26 for 299 yards and their big victory over Scotland County. Remember, I had Penn Scotland County penciled in to go to the finals. Uh, Greenville Rose, by the way, was my preseason number one pick. Uh, but when you see this performance that Will Taylor had, that is a big-time performance. I mean, see him fitting the ball in there between the defenders. I mean, he's got that accuracy that can hurt a, a team. Even as I know Coach Bailey's defense was pretty stout. You know, he's going to be pretty tough to, to defend going forward. But, you know, you'd like to see that again, 14 to 26 pass and 299 yards in that win. You know, we know Scotland Tech County has a great team. So it was going to take an epic performance like this for him to be able to be successful and lead his team uh, to the regional final. Definitely great that he did it big time from him. And we look to see them going forward as they have a chance to reach state. Absolutely. All these young fresh faces we talked about today still have at least one more game. Some of them's probably got two games left to, to really ball out and show what they can do. Uh, we're going to look forward to covering most of these guys over the next few years here talking preps. Uh, but man, that's another week of fresh faces. Uh, any, you know, some big standouts, coach. Oh, my goodness. I mean, great athletes. Again, some of those standouts and big-time upsets or filling in for big-time stars that we know about, these are the guys that are showing to be proved to be crucial and dependable down the stretch. Glad we could highlight them here, Guru. Absolutely. Oh, we can't wait to see next week's Fresh Faces. Uh, Coach Grice, I'm a Guru, and we'll get these guys next week. All right, man. You're right here in the three-shot. What does that mean? Lock the doors. Do it. I didn't see me here in the background, but I was having to text some of the football coaches in the East to kind of ask for forgiveness before they see me uh, picking completely against them. Yeah. All right. Well, Coach Grice, uh, well, Coach Griner, uh, you go pick, you go receive, defer. I'm on, I'm going to defer today. You're going to defer. All right, Coach Grice. Uh, this, this is about defense, defense baby. Uh, Friday night, about round deep. one are four state championships better than eight. Or is the right number somewhere in the middle? You're up. Man, I tell you, if you'd asked me this question probably two months ago, I'd have, I'd have said, you know what? I, I would have had a, a certain answer. I love four. This has been so fun, Griner. This has been such a – like, it's it surpassed the level of excitement with an additional round that I ever imagined possible. I mean, even just for us, like being able to participate, going against, 
you know, a great school with a rich history like Butler down there in Matthews, then going to Asheville and probably, you know, like like I heard a quote from a guy that was like, never in a hundred years that I think that Asheville would host Mallet Creek. And just having to go up there, get a tough win, but then coming back facing one of the best teams in the state. I mean, I think that's been a lot of opportunity for guys to be able to play teams, maybe that they hadn't in a while, where it got a lot of opportunities and great matchups and some upsets. I really think, you know, that has been the thing to create a lot of upsets and a lot more than even I think we realized. Now you're coming into the final. While the cream may have risen to the crop, you're still getting the teams in the games you wanted anyway. Look at last week. I mean, you got East Forsyth and Huff. I mean, one of the four single-A top teams against four double-A. I mean, that stuff, you know, I I think it, I used to want kind of that number in the middle. Give me five rounds. Throw everybody in the pot. Let's let's get see who bubbles up to the top, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I like it. I mean, four is not bad. I definitely like four more than eight. But I think the perfect number would be somewhere in the middle, and it would be five. I just think that there's some schools that are just so – top heavy with numbers. I mean, we got some schools that have like 2,800 kids, 2,700 kids, and they're going against uh, schools that only have 1,700 kids, sometimes a little bit less than 1,700. And that's a 1,000 people more in their school to pull from um, to play sports. And I think that we need to have a 5A class, a 4A class, 3A class, 2A, and a 1A. So I, I really like the four. I'm not disagreeing with you, Grice, but if someone said you have your perfect scenario, I would say five. Well, Sam, I know you don't like the number six, but I personally think six would be the right number. Uh, or five if the fifth class and the first class uh, were smaller and then you got the three in the middle uh, that are much closer together. I agree with the points that both of you make. It, it makes a good conversation and stuff we can carry on into the offseason. You know, it's always good to talk about. Uh, but Coach Griner, uh, the second question is up for you. Uh, should the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey, who signed a four-year, $64 million extension in 2020? No, you shouldn't trade him because I don't think he's going to get – you want to trade someone when they're on their high so you get more for them. I think if we try to trade him right now, then we wouldn't get the, we wouldn't get as much as we should. I think that, you know, he's just been cursed a little bit the last couple of years, but I think that you might see a four- or five-year – stretch now where he doesn't get injured at all. And I really believe he can do that because I think it's more disappointing to him than more than anything else. Get him out of here. I mean, you're not going to see see anything better. I mean, you got a guy that has – I mean, he's starting to get a list of ailments. It's not like it's one bad knee, not like it's one bad arm, but, like, he's starting to – I mean, he's collecting medical bills. I mean, his insurance has to be through the roof. It's like a teenage driver with their car insurance. I mean, he is out here paying premiums because you know he's going to have some major surgery. Get him out now before he's a guy that can't even walk in two years. Get in a productive back. You're able again with the contract. You know they can, the the new team can restructure it so he still can be attractive. There are certain teams. I mean, everybody always you know puts white guy and the white guys and the Patriots together. Maybe they they can figure out something or somebody <laughs> that can use him. Maybe the one, but get a productive running back in here. Get some offensive line even. Heck, let's let's go that route. You've That's got the key. Robert, that can be good. He was a workhorse at Oklahoma State. You've got running backs that can do the job. The key is protecting your investments, protecting the guys that are trying to get the ball out to the receivers. Love you, McCaffrey. It's time to go. I'm with you, Coach Grice, and I think McCaffrey needs to protect McCaffrey. I think the man needs to retire. You know, you talk about not being able to walk, man. I want that man to be able to walk in 20 years. He needs to just go be an actor or something on TV. He's got the smile. Uh, he'll he'll make a lot more money on TV. All right, he definitely is good. For this final question here on Coach versus Coach today, uh, what's the best pregame meal and the one that you don't want to ever have as a pregame meal ever again? 
my my favorite pregame meal, one I, I usually would have, would be a chicken parm sub and a Caesar salad. That to me was just the perfect, just the perfect meal. And I'd always eat it. I'd go get it from Tony's Pizza back when I was at Hopewell. Give me a nice little sub there. They did a great job. And that was something that I just always enjoyed. Um, as far as one I don't want to have again, honestly, man, I, I just get, I don't want any bland chicken breast with regular rice with no flavor and, and some, you know, distinct, unrecognizable green beans or something. Like, I always hate that. Like, they give that just, you know, generic stuff sometimes to the kids. And people work hard and do everything, and I support that. But sometimes, I, you know, you like to, you know, you like to raise a little money. I try to tell our kids a little incentive in fundraising. Raise some money so you can, you know, you can get you some good stuff, you know. So, Grant, I know, you, you know, you're always giving, you know, you're giving those guys first class and, you know, everybody out there is trying to. But make sure we're getting those guys some good food because if it doesn't look good, it doesn't taste good, they ain't going to play good. That is very true. Um, best pregame meal is some type of pasta, though. I, I love, like, if you had some options, say you have an Alfredo on one side and then you got oh, some yeah. spaghetti and meat sauce on the other, like, you have your options because some people want, you know, Alfredo. Some people want a meat sauce. And I think that it sits well throughout the game. Um, you play well. It, it, it's something that it, you can play through the halftime and you feel like you still got a little bit of energy with, like, an orange or something at halftime. So I think this is a really big deal. Now, we've been blessed um, where I've been the last you know, five years or so. A church has really stepped up and performed like pregame meals for us every Friday night. And we have been super blessed with great food. And I like not knowing what that is each week. <laughs> I look forward to it. Like before, I used to go get Maggiano's, which was phenomenal when I was advanced. I used to go get Maggiano's and stuff, and it was really cool. But like I knew what we were eating, and I was like, "Man, you know, I know what no, we're eating." No, you want to know? Like, there's nah, enough important things that's gonna happen in your life on Friday night. I need one thing to be consistent. I need one thing to where I know I may not know what that five technique is gonna do. I may not know what my right tackle is gonna do, but I know at two p.m. Dang it, I'm going to Tony's Pizza. I'm getting my sub. I'm getting my salad, and that's gonna be great. And it's gonna be predictable. And I'm good. The, the one I, I'm totally agreeing with you about the bland stuff. No, no, like rice and just bare chicken. Like that, that's just hey, that's, no yeah, hey, Come on, man. Yeah. You know, back in the 90s, we used to do T-bone steaks. Uh, you always look forward to that pregame meal. And, you know, we used to do a grilled chicken and some stuff like that. But the only pregame meal that I want is the meal that you've got right there in the school that day, all the team together. You know, I don't want to have the opportunity where my kids can go off campus and eat somewhere else and get in some trouble and not even make it back to the bus to make it to the game. So, you know, I want to keep the team there together. But, you know, all great options. All right, well, guys, we had a fun show tonight. Some lively debate from Alex, who got a little, got a little animated, a little, little animated as, as he sometimes does. Yeah, we should. He should. And it's time for the star of the show to have his big moment. There's so many better, bigger stars in this show than me. I'm just, I'm just privileged to do this, but I am going to be at the big time show game. I'm going to be at uh, Huff versus Chambers at uh, Huff. And I am going to take um, my boy Hackett, Coach Hackett, is going to go with me, and Coach Chad Greer. We're going to go eat at the Chicago Dog because one of my favorite things to eat is a Chicago-style pizza. And there's one at Chicago Dog in Cornelius. So if anybody wants to join us, hey, I'm coming forward to it. It'd be great. Hey, like hey. rice and the guys show we up. The that's Chicago-style pizza. Isn't that like meat on there? Like that's what? No, no, no. It's just it's like a it's pie. The sauce. The sauce is on top of the cheese. It's very. Thick. No, I've had a Chicago pizza even in Chicago. I, I don't trust you. I, I'll take a picture. Wait, of so, 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 
Sam, you gonna have meat or just cheese in your pizza? I'm probably gonna go cheese, maybe a little uh, red onion or something in there. You know, banana Chicago pizza. Did, did you eat any meat on Thanksgiving, Sam? Oh yes, smashed. And I'm, I think I gained ninety pounds from it. Too. I'm still like. I need to get on that Grice, you know, workout. I need to start so, so the gun's got a little hang on them now. Yeah, it's got a little dangle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the shirt didn't like it spitting the way, same way. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before we get out of here, I'm going to give Gary the last word. Uh, anything on, on this big game, Gary, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I'm glad they kept the game at Huff. I think they earned uh, home field advantage, and they should have the right to keep it. Uh, hope there's a, a, a big crowd and a great atmosphere and the weather holds off and looking for an exciting game. I think it'll be close, but I think in the end, I think Chambers will win because I think they've gotten better as the season has gone along and they've really cut back on their penalties. And I think that was the only thing that gave me pause about them at midseason was the number of penalties they were getting, but they really cut back on those. So, Looking forward to a good game, but I got a game, so I doubt if I make it. That's been the big bugaboo with, with Chambers during the run was the games they would have all those penalties. Uh, you know, we've seen them get – I think they went to R.G. Kell got into a battle because they had like 15 penalties for 150 yards. So that's going to be key that uh, they, they stay out of – out of foul troubles, we would say, in the basketball world. But, look, it should be a great game, great game up east where Alex is with uh, Roseville and Gibbons. I'm, I'm still telling you, take the 70 on the over. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think Shelby's going to win in the exciting game against East Sir. I just think that's fantastic football all over North Carolina. In regards to what you yeah. think about this playoff format, it is delivering some really, really good matchups. Yeah, Alex, are you coming out? Are you coming to the game? I will not be at the game. Um, Man, can we get you a desk and we can set you up on, know, this, like, on like, the I, side? I, I, yeah, I'm trying to figure that out, but I won't. I cannot. Come on. Be, I cannot beat right. this game. This hey, Langston, Langston's been to a total of four games in his high school football career. In uh, one that would be Brian, very false. One of, one of them had Brian Knuckles in it, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. That'd be very false. All right, by the way. I did not do a 60 seconds uh, this week, uh, but I do want to throw it out there. I will be heading down to Columbia on Saturday to cover the 5A state championship. Uh, Coach Tom Knotts, uh, you know, obviously yeah. a big-time name here, going for his 14th state championship, sixth uh, in a row at Dutch Fork. Uh, By far the go. We need, we need a Dutch Fork, Chambers, Dutch Fork, Huff, some type of combination. Richmond County, Dutch Fork. We need somebody next year with, with, with Tommy hooking up. And Tommy's – I mean, it's crazy. He won 100-plus straight games in seven states. Seven you, you states. know you know what Tommy ought to do? Tommy's already conquered North Carolina. He's go conquered South Carolina. He needs to keep it going south and go conquer <laughs> Georgia. Conquer Georgia? What about go to Duke conquer, conquer the ACC? Tommy Knotts to Duke. Tommy Knotts to Duke. That's what needs to happen yes. right there. That would be one heck of a bold hire. All right, I'm Langston. That's Gary. That's Chris, the number one voice high school football. That's the great Dale Ross, Alex Baskin, Sherian, the coach, Jonathan Grice, and the star of the show, Sam Griner. And we are talking preps, and we see you next Tuesday. 